Since 2010, No Labels has been working to build the bipartisan governing coalition capable of solving America's toughest problems. And to mark our 10th anniversary, we recently organized a special event with the leaders and elected officials who built this movement. We're excited to share the festivities on this special edition of the No Labels podcast. Let's listen in. Good evening, everybody. My name is Lisa Borders, and I have the privilege of serving as your MC tonight. As a co-founder of No Labels, I can think of no better place to be than here with you to celebrate our 10th anniversary. We have a great program lined up for you. We're going to take about 45 minutes of your time. You could have been anywhere tonight, and you chose to be here. So let me start out by thanking you. We're all here to support America and our democracy. The country is in the midst of a pandemic and our experiment is being tested every single day. And so we're going to ask Admiral Blair, who's now retired, but who served professionally when he organized and managed the Pacific Fleet, worked in intelligence, and he's now serving on our No Labels Legal Board and working with our young leaders, our next generation young leaders in No Labels. We're gonna ask him to start us off with a pledge of allegiance to demonstrate our support to America. When they are finished, I am going to invite Congressman Emmanuel Cleaver, or we call him the Rev, our pastoral leader of our bicameral problem solvers caucus to lead us in an invocation, because if we need anything, we need some spiritual leadership and some prayer to get us started and keep this movement going. So if I could ask Admiral Blair to come forward virtually and lead us along with our next generation No Labels leaders in the Pledge of Allegiance, Admiral Blair. Well, we... we no labels, no labels friends. Friends. we wouldn't be here if we didn't think this country could get better. But we wouldn't have had a chance to be here if we hadn't been lucky enough to be citizens of this great American experiment in democracy. So let's honor our country. If you would join me, please, in the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, especially the young generation leaders. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Let me uh, begin by just sharing with you. I'm a native Texan. I moved to Missouri uh, right after college. Uh, so I, I, there's the story of this New Yorker who moved uh, to uh, West Texas uh, to get away from the hustle and bustle of the Big Apple. And so he, he, uh, he bought a uh, a cattle ranch, uh, and a late and a year later, uh, uh, some of his friends from New York visited the the ranch, and uh, he was excited to have them. And so uh, his friend said, uh, "You know, on TV, the, the ranches all have names." And he said, uh, "Yeah, well, uh, what is your name? What is the name of this ranch?" And he said, "Well, I wanted to name it the Bar J." And my wife wanted to uh, name it the Susie Q. And my oldest boy wanted to name it the Flying W. And my youngest boy wanted to name it uh, Lazy Y. And he said, well, what did you decide to do? He said, well, we named it the Bar Q 
Susie Q, Flying W, Lazy Y. And so the man said, well, well, by the way, where are all the cattle? And he said, none of them survived the branding. <laughs> Let us bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Compassionate and gracious God, all tribes, political and ethnic, will one day confess you as their God all by yourself. Too easily, God, we allow divisions based on culture, race, political affiliation. Give us the capacity to alter our behavior, our own opinions in order to make us move toward a truly united states. Lord, if it be thy will, give us the wisdom to realize that we have so much in common and yet we damage almost daily our ability to enjoy this great democracy. You blessed us magnificently for reasons we may never know, at least on this side of the Jordan. Give our nation's leaders the socio-political ability to focus or have us focus on our shared blessings as a great nation. Teach all of us, even through our prayers, that there are consequences of disruption and that we must witness those disruptions, unfortunately, all day, every day. Bless our Congress that its members will seek consensus rather than conflict, collaboration rather than deputation. We beseech you, great God, to bring Republicans, Democrats, independents, progressives, regressives, big messes, vegetarians, and all members of our government together in your love. May we be united as a restored family. And we pray this prayer in the wonderful name of Yahweh, Yahusha, Adane, El Shaddai, Elohim, Allah. Amen. 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 Let the church say amen. Amen. <laughs> it gives me great pleasure at this time to bring forth our founder, Nancy Jacobson. And let me just say, uh, often folks are asking these days, what's your superpower? And we all know that Nancy has a political career, but her superpower is really bringing people together to unite and to drive impact. And she has done that with no labels, with the germ of an idea that she planted 10 years ago. But she didn't do it by herself. She often reminds all of us that she did this alongside her partner, Margaret White. They have been on this journey together for actually 11 years. Margaret couldn't be with us tonight because believe it or not, she's trying to birth a baby. So we think she is in South Carolina doing her thing. So we are sending her much love and respect, but she helped birth the No Labels baby 11 years ago with our founder, Nancy Jacobson. Madam Leader, over to you. Thank you all for joining us tonight to celebrate No Labels 10th anniversary. I can't believe it's been a decade since that cold winter day in New York when we first planted the seed for this movement. Some of you on the call tonight were with me at that launch. Many more would join over the years, but all of you had a hand in shaping no labels into the transformative and powerful movement it is today. I have always believed we have the most important mission of any group in politics 
And I don't just mean getting Democrats and Republicans to work together, as important as that is. I believe our mission is to save the country. I have always believed it. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for all of you who continue to believe. Thank you, Nancy. We so appreciate you. And tonight we are going to celebrate 10 years of persistence, perseverance, and all of the things that No Labels has accomplished in this first decade. But we also need to know that we've still got a lot more work to do and our country calls each and every one of us to be of service to her. There are those who will speak tonight who have helped build this movement. They will tell you why they came to this movement and what they feel we've accomplished but they also will help us envision what we can do in the future and why this is our moment right here, right now, why the politics of problem solving is so salient. So we've got folks who have built the movement. We've got folks currently in Congress, in the House and in the Senate. And of course, we now have governors coming on board too. Again, let the church say amen. The coalition is getting bigger and bigger. And so we're going to start with the founding chairman, one of our heroes, Senator Joe Lieberman, a lawyer by training, but a public servant by profession. 10 years in Connecticut, 24 years in the Senate. This is a bad boy. And he's going to share opening comments. Go ahead, Senator Joe, let him have it. Thank you, Lisa. Being a called a bad boy is about the best thing that's happened to me since somebody called me the big dog. And, you know, <laughs> I appreciate it. So uh, there's a lot to celebrate tonight. Uh, no Labels is not just another organization. It is a movement. It's a movement to rescue American government from partisanship and ideological extremism, to bring people back to the center where it all started in Philadelphia, uh, in 1776 and 1787, to, to listen to each other, to talk respectfully, to negotiate, to compromise, and to solve problems. Uh, I, I will tell you, you asked us, Lisa, to talk about moments. First moment is 11 years ago, not 10 years ago. Nancy Jacobson says she wants to meet me. She's got this really crazy idea. She's going to leave partisan political work, and she wants to start an organization to break the partisanship in American politics. Well, I was feeling her pain, really, from the Senate. And I said, go for it. Uh, and she got that answer from a lot of other people. She is what a movement is about. It requires a leader. And a great leader like Nancy brings other leaders to her side. The citizen leaders who joined her, like you and so many others, Lisa, the, the members of Congress, leaders who formed the House Problem Solvers Caucus, the bicameral team joined by the Senate. And now to, uh, I can't wait to get the latest news bulletins about what national problems our problem solvers are leading the way in solving. So uh, this movement has come a long way in uh, 10 years. When I left the Senate in 2012, I wanted to devote myself to something that would, would end the partisanship that made my last two years in, in the Senate uh, so unproductive and, and, the, and the Senate so unproductive, and no labels is it. It's rescuing the two-party system. It's restoring America's, Americans' faith in our government, without which we cannot 
uh, survive. And we got a great birthday gift for this 10th anniversary, or it's an anniversary gift for this 10th anniversary, but it's a gift. And that is a, a wonderful new national co-chair in Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland. He's independent-minded, he's a bridge builder, he's a problem solver. He will help our movement by being a leader, its leader, continue to grow. So God bless you all, thank you. Uh, our work, we made a lot of progress, but it's not over yet. There's a lot more to do and together with leaders like you, we will do it. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much, Senator. You were practicing the politics of problem solving before it had a name, before we were no labels. So we are very grateful to you. And now I'd like to bring up David Brooks and he really needs no introduction. This is a bad boy too. And we know David writes op-eds, he's on TV all the time. He's a professor at Yale. But you know what the coolest thing about David is? He was with us 10 years ago. This guy was an early adopter. He believed in this concept before it was fully formed. So we were just baking it and David was helping us take it out of the oven. So 10 years ago, he was at Columbia with us when we launched, when we birthed our baby. And here he is to celebrate our 10th birthday. Bad boy number two, bring it, David. What you got? Better than Joe, I think. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I was honored to be a part of it 10 years ago because, uh, you know, it was a desperate time then. And here was a breath of fresh air. And I'm doubly honored now uh, because what all those 10 years have really produced something, what uh, the Problem Solvers Caucus has done with the COVID Relief Act is a historic breakthrough. And this organization is on the cusp of even greater breakthroughs. It's on the cusp of, of really changing the nature of American politics. It's perfectly situated. So I'm just happy to be here to witness the product of all this hard work. Now, some of you may know on Friday nights, I do a, a segment on the news hour on PBS with a guy named Mark Shields. Our segment is called Shields and Brooks. Should have been called Brook Shields. That would have been better, but they didn't go for that. Uh, and Mark has been doing it for a little while. Uh, his, our segment is now called Shields and Brooks. It used to be called Shields and Go. Before that, it was Shields and Gergen after David Gergen. Before that, I was, think it was Shields and Coolidge, Shields and Thomas Aquinas. He goes back a little ways. And he announced yesterday that he's retiring and that this Friday night will be our final segment. And so I had a talk with him today. And he, we were reminiscing about his beginning in politics. He was a Hill staffer in the mid-60s for Bill Proxmire. And he was there during the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, the Fair Housing Act. He was there when stuff got done. It wasn't easy, but stuff got done. And he said the great American traits are optimism and pragmatism. And he's not one of these guys who looks backwards and said, oh, those were the good old days. We can't do that anymore. He says, no, we could do that again. We have the capacity to be optimistic and pragmatic just as we were. We need to celebrate our successes. We need to show a little warmth that isn't shown as much in politics as, as maybe it should be. We need to practice the art of politics. Like Mark, I admire politicians. I admire people who put themselves in front of the public, public for voting, for rejection or victory. You guys probably know what Bob Dole was. Hey, Bob Dole was asked after he lost the presidential run, how is it treating you? And he said, oh, I sleep like a baby. I wake up every two hours crying. Uh, and so politicians do it for the right reasons because they love the country. I've watched politicians, many on this call, and it's a tough job and they wouldn't do it unless they love their country. 
And so like Mark, I honor politics. We've obviously gone through a hard time. Samuel Huntington, the late political scientist from Harvard has helped me understand this hard time. We, uh, he said every 60 years or so, America goes through a moral convulsion, a period where people are indignant about established power. They want change. A new generation rises up. A new communications technology rises up. It happened in the 1770s. It happened in the 1830s with Andrew Jackson. It happened in the 1890s with the Progressive Era. It happened in the 1960s. And writing in 1981, Samuel Huntington said, I imagine around 2020, it'll happen again. And it's happened. We're in the middle of a moral convulsion. We're in the middle of an era where people are indignant with the way things are and they want change. The hardest parts about these moments are there's a lot of distrust. People distrust each other and they distrust systems because systems haven't been working as well. There's a lot of polarization. There's a lot of concentration of power. There's a concentration of power in big tech, in big media, and in politics. Sometimes I think, you know, our system is designed for one president, but sometimes I think we now have three presidents. We have a president who lives in the Oval Office or works in the Oval Office. We have a president who works in the Speaker's Office. And we have a president who works in the Majority Leader's Office. And this is too much concentration of power. And somehow if we're gonna have a system that works, we need the brains and creativity and the initiative and drive and leadership of every member of the legislature. And we need to have votes on the great bills that the members of the legislature put together, especially in the Senate. And we just haven't had that. So how is this gonna be fixed? In my view, a big part of the answer is on this call. 10 years ago, I was disgusted with the way politics and it seemed bad then, it's gotten worse. So I went up to New York and I joined a lot of folks here and I got to experience the birth of no labels. And I saw it as a beacon of hope. But secretly I had reservations, which I then expressed to Nancy. <clears throat> I said, you can't start a movement whose first word is no. You need to have a common philosophy. You need to have a common vision that people can rally around. And it turns out 10 years later, Nancy was right and I was wrong. We don't have to agree on everything. We just have to disagree productively. We need to see that government is often a competition between partial truths and both sides usually have a piece of the truth. We need to see that the best policy is often not in the middle. It's taking a left-wing idea and a right-wing idea and combining the two. Look at child tax credits, very pro-family, very conservative, redistributes wealth, very leftist. There's a brilliant idea that combines the best of both extremes. Most of all, we need to get over the fantasy that our side is gonna win some giant electoral victory in the near future and the other half of the country is just gonna disappear. That it will never happen. This election is proof that we are a divided country. This is election was proof that the other side is not going away. And this election, in my view, was a victory for no labels in the Problem Solvers Caucus. It showed a country that desperately wants what this group of people is offering. And so we've already seen the awesome power. We, I saw for the first time in years, legislature work the way it should, with the right coming up with something, the left coming up with something, and then problem solvers coming and actually creating a workable solution in the middle. That's how legislation is supposed to pass. And so in my view, this election result has given the people on this call, the people in this caucus, awesome power.
It's elected a president who wants to be a problem solver, in my view. It's given this group power to influence the trajectory in the years ahead, and we saw that just in the last month. It just is going to take the courage and the discipline and the pragmatic sensibility to wield that power. Now, I've been covering politics for a few years. It's hard to take on the uber partisans in each party. It's just hard. It's hard to take on leadership. It's just hard. It's hard to take on the people in my profession who make money off of dividing us. That too is hard. <clears throat> but as Mark said, back in the mid sixties, it was never easy. There was a filibuster. They had to fight for every one of those pieces of legislation. And so I put my faith in you. I would say this organization, the people in this group have earned the faith of those of us in the journalistic world and those of us in private life who just admire and watch what you're doing. I put my hope in you. I wish you the very best. This is a group of people that is on the cusp of great possibilities. And I thank you for what you do. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, David, man, you brought it. We, this is why we love you, dude. We love you for that. And listen, the next person I wanna bring up uh, virtually is John Huntsman, Ambassador John Huntsman, because we love David and all his candor. This gentleman was one of our original co-chairs of No Labels. He's a two-time governor. He's been an ambassador to Russia and China. We know that his career is not over yet in public service. He has been dedicated to people in his state, in our country. And so we wanna bring him up to make some remarks and recognize what value, how much value he has added to No Labels. Ambassador, let's go. Lisa, it's a pleasure to be with you and thank you for that. Uh, that very nice introduction, totally undeserved. Uh, although we do owe a huge debt of gratitude to, to Nancy and to the team, uh, to Joe Lieberman, who's a friend and a hero and a mentor to so many of us on this call, to Joe Matchin, my old partner in crime when we were governors together and at No Labels. And I'm so delighted that Governor Hogan will be joining the team. That's absolutely terrific. And to sit here and to contemplate the last 10 years is just a phenomenal outcome. And I really salute the team for their marvelous progress and sticking with it, even during some really difficult times. So why I joined? I got a knock at my door from Nancy. And first of all, Nancy's impossible to say no to. I think everyone knows that. But Joe Matchin was there, who I love like a brother. Joe and I were elected governors the same year, reelected again. And we worked together as a Republican and as a Democrat on issues that mattered to our states. And we discovered that by comparing notes and by working together, by building coalitions of people who actually care about the outcome of public policy, you can do great things. And as I heard them talk and I thought about the possibilities and how we could translate the Congress abilities constitutionally are very different. I got very excited and gone. And here we are because of the work of so many, but the theme remains, that is the American people want the system to work, results. They want problems solved. They want to see Republicans and Democrats work together. Mm -hmm. 
Now, America is a unique example, and it's looked to by uh, the proposition that we can't city and differing opinions under a common constitution and common dreams is something that's still alive and well, certainly out here in the Americas as I sit here in Salt Lake City, Utah. So keep up the good work and keep moving forward on this concept of problem solving, getting Republicans and Democrats to work together. It's done by governor and it can be done by members of Congress. Let me just turn to one thing I wanted to mention because of my most recent assignment in Moscow and before that in Beijing. We have countries in the world that wish us harm. Uh, they are competitors, uh, but they're also strategic challengers as we look to the future. They look to the best weapons of war, and they see for them that within the American system, the way that we are divided, the way that we are dysfunctional, uh, the way that we aren't producing results that the American people expect, they're making a bet that we will move to the point of complete dysfunction, and we will destroy the American dream. We can't let that happen. So does no labels have foreign policy implications? Absolutely, because when America works together to solve problems across that great ideological divide, the rest of the world takes note. And when we come together and solve problems and put forward solutions for the American people, we shine like a bright light that the rest of the world sees. And we are an example of how people can work together. So very realistically, the work that is being done by this team has real world foreign policy implications. Number two, let's not forget that bipartisanship is good politics. As David said a moment ago, there's great division in the country and some of it will always be there and it's expected to be there as a free and transparent system. Uh, there are people who like vision because it's good theater, but the American people want results. They want Republicans and Democrats on a bipartisan basis to come together and solve problems. I still believe the sweet American politics, and you are right at the epicenter of that sweet spot. Finally, the stage set for congressional problem solvers. I am so honored to see the work of our congressional problem solvers. This was just uh, an early dream, uh, an ideal, when we talked about it almost 10 years ago. We had just a handful of people from both sides who were willing to come together and meet every now and again to compare notes on issues where they could rally forces and move things to the finish line. But the stage is set, given the environment in which we have found ourselves in now for years, for real action and real progress by the congressional problem solvers. So we work of no labels. Now, 10 years later, there's going to be even more consequential, more good luck, lead out with courage, lead out with determination, and remember that the American at the end of the day. Thank you for allowing me to join you, and good luck in the next 10 years. Thank you, Ambassador. We so appreciate you. And let me just remind everybody, if you're not speaking to mute your mic so we can minimize the background noise. Thank you, Ambassador, we appreciate you. David, thank you again for your remarks. Let me bring up our honorary co-chair in the Senate, Senator Manchin, who obviously is a Democrat from West Virginia. Talk about the politics of problem solving. 
this guy we might remember is a Democrat in a Republican leaning state. So he must have been doing something right, too, even before Nancy asked him to step in and support No Labels and be a part of our organization. He's been a governor. He is committed to this cause. He's been a senator for 10 years. Most importantly, he is working with our Problem Solvers Caucus with much not only demonstrated leadership, but trust and confidence from his peers. It is tough to work in in Washington in one chamber, let alone pull two chambers together. So Senator Manchin, come forth and tell us why you do this and what we can do in the future to be even more impactful. Well, let me just say if, uh, that uh, to hear my old friend, John Huntsman, my dear, dear friend, John Huntsman, uh, no labels brought us together, but basically we were together before that. But no labels even brought us together closer. Uh, I came into the scene uh, of the U.S. Senate after Bob Byrd died in June of 2010, and I was in my second term as governor. And at that time, uh, I thought well, I could appoint somebody and so 2012 at least, but that didn't work because the Constitution went out. So I thought I run the Senate. The state was in great shape. I come to the Senate. And I could not believe the dysfunction and the separation and division that I found when I got here. And I said, this is not right. That's not how we ran the NGA. John knows that. You couldn't tell a Democrat from a Republican in the Governor's Association. We all had the same problems. And we were all trying to help each other get through the most difficult challenges that we each had in our states. So I heard about something called no labels. Nancy calls and says, you might be a perfect fit for this. We're going to have something. I think it Nancy, I could be wrong, but I think the first meeting I attended was in early 2011 in New York. And you invited me up and says, just come up and see what you think. And I saw a bunch of like-minded people that wanted to get something accomplished. They weren't basically worrying about whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or what your uh, philosophy may be. But if you desired to move this country forward in a progressive way that we could get something accomplished, and this was the right organization for you. I've been a proud member ever since. And John and I were both co-chairs together for many years. And my dear, dear friend, Joe Lieberman, I know Joe's on the phone or Joe's on Zoom. What a mentor Joe has been in a, in a profile and courage. And I just think the world of Joe Lieberman. And everything that we've been able to do, I, I, our roots right now go back to no labels. We're in the midst of trying to break this country out of a stalemate. And people are running out of all their lifelines come this December if we don't make something happen. And it's basically the no labels credentials that we have pulling us together, whether it be the problem solvers on the House, the common sense connection that we have in the Senate, and it all basically circles around no labels. That's basically our base. And I can't be more proud to be a member for many years, 10 years since I've been here, I've been a member of no labels and a proud member and willing to basically shout from the highest uh, mountaintop that if you want to work in a bipartisan way and uh, to get something accomplished, then join an organization that brings people together, not because of your party affiliation, but because of your desire to get something done, the policies that are good for America. And, uh, and John, I, I miss you all, buddy. I hope to see you soon and we'll, we'll catch up. But, to Joe and to Nancy and to the entire crowd. Thank you for what you've done. 
for not just 10 years, but what you're going to do in the next 10 years. I think we've just begun, truly. And now when you when you look at what we're doing right now with the challenges that we have, it's the No Labels group of people that are putting a program forward in a bipartisan way that they're all negotiating off of right now. They had a stalemate. They couldn't. Leadership could not budge. And we started a month ago working 14, 15 hours a day with our staffs, putting a program forward. And we have a bill that we introduced that truly moves this country forward. And it helps people in the most dire situations. That's because of no labels uh, ability to basically work in a bipartisan way. And it's all about compromise. I'm not always right. You're not always wrong. Together, we can make something happen. And we've done that. But thank you, No Labels, for a tremendous 10 years that I've been involved and hope for a, a, a more than 10-year reunion from now. God bless each and every one of you. Hope to see you all soon. But thank you again for participating. Without your participation, we have nothing. And you all have been the bedrock of what we are. Thank you. Thank you so much, Senator, for all that you have done and continue to do. We know that the COVID relief bill that's on the Hill now, you had a great part in that. And we look at our problem solvers that you have helped hold together. We'd be remiss if we didn't say thank you in advance because we're going to put it in the universe that that's going to pass. Uh, so we got our fingers crossed. Josh and Tom, when I come to you, I want you all to talk about that just a little bit. But we look at the Problem Solvers Caucus today and it is strong. We've got Democrats and Republicans in the House. We now have senators coming on board, that whole bicameral thing, both houses. That's spectacular. But it wasn't always that way. Let's go back to the beginning for the leaders, the elected folks then and now who stepped up and said, we believe we're going to support this concept. We're going to bring it to life. So I want to bring forward former Congressman Charlie Dent, our friend, Republican from Pennsylvania, and Congressman Kurt Schrader, Democrat from Oregon, who stepped forward in the very beginning. Guys, Tell us what that was like and what made you step in and do this, other than Nancy telling you you had to, because that's what she did for all of us, <laughs> just to be clear. That, that, Charlie, thanks, you want to start? Go ahead, Charlie. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Lisa, and great to be with my friend, Kurt Schrader, and everybody here from uh, No Labels and the Problem Solvers Caucus. Yeah, I did get involved early, and actually it wasn't Nancy who conscripted me. It was Heath Schuler a congressman from North Carolina, Democrat, and talked to me about getting involved. <laughs> and, uh, and I went up to New York and I uh, met with Nancy and the group, and I became a believer. And the reason why, uh, we, we, we got to work pretty quickly. I got very frustrated in 2013 when I saw how the government was being shut down for no, for no good reason. Uh, and, uh, and many of us saw how impotent the leadership was to prevent this from happening. They had the power to do it, but they just didn't feel like they could stand up to their, their bases. And what I learned was that, you know, it, it, it took rank and file members who had the capacity for governance, the capacity to get to yes, and on both sides to actually, you know, lead the Congress when the leaders simply couldn't do it because they were being so pressured by the more extreme elements of this case on the Republican side. Um, and that was a and that was a, that was a real wake up call to me as an elected official. And right now, I am so delighted that the Problem Solvers Caucus is really at a great moment. It's it's an inflection point that the uh, the voters have really uh, empowered these members in the House and 
and the Senate uh, to be to be the power brokers going forward. I mean, these are the people who can put the agreements together, uh, put the deals together, just as they did in the COVID package. The leadership couldn't do it. It took the members, the rank and file to do it. They know how to, these are, these are the guys who not only get in the plane, but they tell you how to, they give you the flight plan and they tell you how they're going to land it. There are a lot of people in DC who are good at getting in the plane and taking off, but have no idea what to do after that. <laughs> That's why we have a problem with Solvers Caucus. So with that, I'm going to stop now and I yield to my friend, Kurt Schrader. We worked together on healthcare uh, at, at one point uh, during the Problem Solvers Caucus uh, the conversations we had several years ago. And uh, so with that, I'd like to just say thank you again to everybody here uh, from No Labels and Problem Solvers and uh, Kurt. Hey, thanks, Charlie. Yeah, no, uh, I remember those good early years. Remember, uh, I remember coming to Congress and, uh, you know, Democrats, uh, the horizon was limitless. Uh, you know, Obama was elected and, you know, we had a supermajority in the Senate and, you know, overwhelming majority in the House. They loved us. You know, we we're going to cure cancer and rule the world for the next 50 years, you know. Only Democrats forgot they didn't really vote that much for us. They just vote against the other guy. That's a problem that we have in politics. We don't realize it's mostly the other guy they don't like quite so much. And then uh, 2010 came, Freedom Caucus. Whoa, that was an eye-opener. Some of my Democrats' eyes still not so open, with all due respect, but that was an eye-opener. It was an eye-opener to my colleagues on the Republican side, too. I remember uh, uh, no labels. Uh, Nancy, Margaret uh, had this movement going. I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And when I was in the state legislature, you know, civility was the rule. Leaders got people together, not dividing them apart like Charlie's talking about. And I thought, well, this 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 could be this could be good. I was totally disappointed in the United States Congress at that point in time. Democrats didn't get it. Republicans didn't get it. Uh, there had to be some path forward because I knew members on both sides of the aisle really wanted to work together. I uh, worked together with some folks uh, in 2013, realizing that, geez, you know, there are conservative Democrats, or excuse me, conservative Republicans and liberal Democrats that want to solve problems. You don't have to be a moderate like Charlie and I, for God's sakes. And uh, I remember sitting in the back of the chamber of the House of Representatives with uh, Reed Ribble and uh, uh, Scott Ridgell, Reed Ribble's Republican from Wisconsin. Scott was from Virginia talking about, man, there's got to be a better way. And we had been contacted by Nancy, uh, the force of nature that she is, and thought, well, man, maybe this is a this is something we should try and pull together, like Charlie talked about. The rank and file in the United States Congress does want to get to yes. We're here to solve problems. At our core, you know, I, at least 70, 80 percent of the members, that's what they're all about. And, uh, you know, we, we thought maybe we could put the, something together. And, you know, then Nancy comes up with, well, let's, you know, solve Medicare in a couple of years, balance the budget by 2030, create 25 million new jobs. And, you know, we just do that. And, you know, I thought, well, that's admirable. And we will certainly work towards that. But maybe there need to be a core group in Congress, not just working with no labels. And there were some, frankly, we're a little worried about, you know, this outside group that was wonderful, provided us an opportunity to sit down, the only opportunity in the United States Congress to sit down and break bread with a member from the opposite party. And No Labels provided that op option in that forum for us. That was the first time in modern political history in the United States Congress that that was a, a bill, uh, available. And it was wonderful. 
but we wanted to make sure we were doing it right. And so we thought, well, maybe we should put a little distance uh, in a smart way and be and form maybe a problem solvers caucus, you know, a, a group of congressional folks that would be the mirror image of what No Labels was doing so wonderfully on the ground with the grassroots people of this great country and a lot of great organizations and people that, that wanted us to work together. And uh, so Reed and I thought maybe we put a group together. Uh, we did. Uh, uh, and as Charlie alluded to, out of the government shutdown, it bore a uh, new urgency to our group getting together and trying to solve problems. And uh, you know, the rest is history. Josh and Tom have brought it to a totally new and exciting level. Uh, the humanitarian aid package we came up with a couple of years ago, I think, was a real jumping off point uh, for leadership to realize, well, you know, these scruffy uh, rank and file members, you know, we may not want them to be around, but you know, we can't really totally ignore them. And uh, thanks to Nancy and Margaret and frankly, the commitments by the governors and everybody else on this uh, on this call, uh, you know, we're feeling our oats and uh, I would think America is going to be the better for it. Thank you, Charlie, and thank you, Kurt, for all the work you did in the very beginning. We're running a little bit behind schedule, so I'm going to fast forward us to 2017 with our current co-chairs of the Problem Solvers Caucus. And we've got uh, Congressman, excuse me, Gottheimer and Reed, Josh from New Jersey, Tom from New York. You guys have, to Kurt's point, brought this to a whole nother level. You are now actually putting in or already have put in the infrastructure for the Problem Solvers Caucus. You're like vetting people and making them demonstrate that they really are problem solvers. They really mean it. They're not just putting it on their forehead to get reelected. Everything from rules changes to the aid at the border and now the COVID relief package for Americans. You guys are the tip of the spear in the caucus. So if you could talk a little bit about what convinced you to be a part of this and lead it, Give us that spark, that inspiration that brought you to the table. Josh, you want to start? Sure, I'm going to start. Tom, is that okay? You're the wiser one, but you don't know how to figure out how to use mute. Read. <laughs> I'm just going to call it uh, alphabetical order, Josh. Uh, I, I will. Uh, I, um, so what brought me to the table was the legendary Nancy Jacobson, um, because she thought she said to me as soon as I got elected. I don't think I was sworn in yet. She said, you know, you really should throw your energy and weight into the Problem Solvers Caucus. I really think that's what you should do. And I said to her, Nancy, but I just got here. I'm not sure. I got I to gotta figure this place out. I don't even know where the restroom is. And she said, listen, go meet this guy named Tom Reed. We're getting together in New York. You got to sit down with him. You'll meet him. You'll love him. And I said, who is Tom Reed? And he, she said, hey, just trust me. You're going to love this guy. So, so Tom and I, we, I think, did a panel together somewhere in New York. I was just running. Tom was an old, experienced member of Congress. You know, he no longer spoke in proper sentences, and, you know, he, you know, everything was a platitude. So I sat down with him, I said, and when we hung out for a few hours, and I thought, this guy, I, I, you know, he, he's exactly, he's saying exactly, we, we don't agree on half the policy matters, but he's great, he, I, and he's going to be my partner in crime. And, um, and that was it. So Nancy somehow, you know, both at the same time changed my career in Congress and really has made my career in Congress thanks to No Labels and, and really what they have brought to the table, which is a whole different way of doing things that, have, that unfortunately has become true that this is a whole different way now of the way uh, things are. 
and introduced me to Tom, but really has completely also ruined my life. So Nancy, thank you, because this week at 1.30 in the morning, I was talking to Reed two nights ago as we were trying to negotiate the last pieces here. And uh, Tom and I, and Tom's going, I don't know, just forget about the comma. I was like, oh, we need the comma. And we had like a 10 minute debate because we were so exhausted about a comma. Um, but I just want you to know that I, I'm just so grateful to what you have done. And not just in what you've done in inspiring people like Kurt and Charlie who helped get things going early on and really made a difference, but, but really um, the fact that you also, and No Labels had this idea of like, why don't we bring senators into the mix? And now, you know, I've got people like Bill Cassidy who give me shit and embarrass me publicly. And I wouldn't have happened, but for you, Nancy. And um, I, I also uh, have gotten to meet, you know, people are incredible. I've gotten to know Joe Lieberman better, which is, a, you know, he's a national treasure. And, and then we get, and then our second class comes in of, of, of for 2.0 and we get to meet the freshmen. I've become a, a second termer. You know, I've been working with great people like Upton and Fitz and uh, become great friends with them. And we're locked in rooms working on healthcare and immigration and coming up with deals together and then deciding we're going to try to blow up the world and change the rules of the House of Representatives. And people say, you're out of your mind. You can't change the rules of the House of Representatives. Nobody changes the rules of the House of Representatives. It's been generations. We said, ah, we can do it. Why not? And, you know, we almost got killed in the process doing it, but we made it through and we were stronger. Just like Kurt said, you know, each of these points, you get stronger. And I, and then I got to meet Abigail and Dean um, and, and we got to be, and now they're taking great leadership roles too and doing such incredible things. And all these pieces just keep snowballing and building on each other. And then, you know, what happened this week, thanks to to Joe and, 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 and Bill and, and Susan and others, suddenly we are at the table helping shape what I believe is one of the most critical moments of our history. And I, I'm really, really, really confident and hopeful that we're gonna get this done. But again, Nancy, this all goes back to what, what you brought to light. I was in the room on one of those first meetings 10 years ago, I remember, and you, you, you uh, brought me in as somebody who'd been in politics just to get a reaction. And uh, I can't believe that you, what you've pulled off uh, with, with no labels. And as, as, a, uh, as, as Robert Kennedy said, only those who uh, dare to fail greatly can achieve greatly. And I think that's, that should be our axiom. And I think Dusty would agree with this. I know it was Robert Kennedy and you can't really quote him back where you live, Dusty. But, but um, it is true that, that really what we do every week is, uh, is try to fail, you know, achieve greatly, but we risk it all. Uh, because we only go big. Uh, and so uh, I think that's how we're going to bring it home. That should be our recipe. And in the div closely divided Congress that we're facing next year, I, I really, really believe we're going to play an even more essential role. They're going to need us to all come together to get anything done in these next couple of years. I couldn't, I will now turn it over to my, my best friend in Congress. I can't believe he's my closest friend because again, I disagree with 90% of what he believes probably. But, but uh, he's just an incredible guy. He is such a, a good person with such a big heart. And um, although uh, he just- will, uh, will the senator yield? Will the senator little, yield? He got a very little dog yesterday. <laughs> a very little dog he just got. It's very tiny. Senator, senator, enough. And I'm going to turn over to Tom Reed. <laughs> Great Tom Reed. Well, you know, we spent all these hours together, Reed. I know we Sorry, have. Governor Hogan. Welcome to the party. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, Tom, please go, please go. Thank you, Lisa. I'm trying to keep you on schedule, but uh, thank you, Josh. Uh, it's always good to be with you. But uh, I, I will echo uh, the thanks for Nancy 
and uh, her team. And I know Margaret can't be with us tonight because of a wonderful baby that is going to be entering the world tonight. So we want to congratulate Margaret, not only for being with us, but on the birth uh, of her first child. That is uh, outstanding. But, but I do remember uh, coming across Nancy and what is one of those innocent conversations that you don't realize what you're agreeing to uh, until it's over. And then 10 years later, you're like, holy cow, what a life impactful uh, moment uh, that occurred there. So Nancy, thank you just for the uh, vision. Thank you for the tenacity and just thank you for always being there for us and to your entire team, because you truly have changed lives, not just ours, not just mine, uh, not us in, in Congress, but the millions of people of America uh, that have already benefited from what we've done. Uh, you, you, you've been part of that. And so we, we thank you for that. And uh, that means the, the world, I think, to all of us. And I, I just got to say to the people that I've met during my journey in this 10 years, you know, Joe Lieberman, I mean, Senator, I mean, you, you have been an inspiration. You are a national treasure. And to be able to get to know you the way that I have um, has inspired me in a way that you'll never know. And I just appreciate your guidance, your counsel, and being part of this organization and teaching me what Amo uh, taught me also, my predecessor men mentor, Amo Houghton, you know, how to, how to try to be a statesman. I'll never be uh, a statesman of the caliber of you and Amo and others and all the other members that are on this uh, call. But trying to do this job by looking at the bigger picture and not playing the game of politics 24-7. And you're, you're one of those individuals, and I appreciate it. And I just got to tell you, when you come across people like Dennis Blair and all the stakeholders that allow us to do this type of work, thank you. Because uh, without you, as been said, we couldn't do it. And thank you for having our back. And to our Senate friends, I got to tell you, Joe Manchin, Susan Collins, and Bill Cassidy, who have rolled up their sleeves to join us in this. A, unbelievable uh, what, what you have been able to uh, partner with us on to date and, and how we're going to move forward with that partnership in a way that's going to change Congress for decades to come uh, based on the changes we've already done and building off those successes. And I'll never forget the moment when I knew uh, that we were on to something, by, no kidding. Uh, we were going from the tilting uh, at windmills to Leadership patting us on the head and people around the country, oh, that's nice. Bless your heart. You know, that old Southern saying that as a New Yorker, I don't hear that often. Watch, when it, McCain, watch it. Watch it. You're talking about I'm Southern. sorry, Lisa. I'm serious. <laughs> sorry. But, but when McCain did that famous vote, no. It was the Problem Solvers Caucus members that reached out to Josh and I. And they gave us, the, they said, we need to get together to do something on this. We cannot let this moment pass without acting. And that was an organic response because of what they believed in. And I just got to tell you that that was the moment when I knew uh, this group uh, had the fortitude uh, to go forward. Uh, and I think Josh can attest to that when we, we remember that night uh, very vividly. And um, and that that's the point. That's the point. I guess I want to stress the Problem Solvers Caucus members. They're really the ones uh, that are the stars uh, of this uh, effort. Uh, my colleagues that have risked their careers, have risked their commitment in Congress uh, by joining us on this effort to tilt at windmills that now has changed Congress institutionally and will change Congress, in my humble opinion, the next Congress in a way uh, that we're going to be proud of like never before. It's these members uh, that uh, make it happen. And I got to tell you, people like Fred, uh, people like uh, Brian and uh, the new generation coming in, Dusty. You guys are the ones uh, that do it. And I know Dean and I think Abigail and others are on here. It's on both sides of the aisle. The members, it's not Josh and I, it's you. It's you guys uh, that allow this to happen. And to Kurt and to Reed Ribble, 
who set this in motion years ago. Unbelievable vision and true leaders uh, in, in the nation. So, and Charlie, I see sleeping there. Charlie, wake up. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Charlie's been one of those guys who keeps us, uh, who inspired us from day one, but uh, he was also one of those inspirational leaders. And I just got to tell you, thank you to the members. Uh, thank you to all the folks. And I, I, I will also just say to Governor Hogan, thank you for doing what you do. You lead as a statesman. You lead like a Joe Lieberman. You lead like a uh, like an Amo Houghton. You, you, you know who you are. Uh, we disagree at times as Republicans, as 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 uh, political uh, individuals will. But I got to tell you, the style and the way you do it is inspirational. And I'm so glad you're part of this organization going forward and uh, keep it up. And, you know, a lot of us uh, have your back. And so I'll just end by saying together we will not fail. We just say yes to Nancy and all will be taken care of and we will just land this plane and to the next generation of leaders, let's hand it off to them in a way uh, that will make sure we build off this success. And we'll look back at Congress and say, you know what? There's not a problem solvers caucus. As Josh and I always say, and the members say, we got the problem solvers Congress now and there's no reason for us to be in existence any longer. So God bless, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Josh. We are so behind schedule. Y'all are getting me in trouble, Josh and Tom. I love you, but I'm going to beat both of you when this is over. <laughs> so let me pivot very quickly to members of the Problem Solvers Caucus. If we could ask you to give us one minute in this order, you guys are fantastic. Congressman Fred Upton, Republican from Michigan. Congressman Dean Phillips, Democrat from Minnesota. Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick, Republican from Pennsylvania. Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger, Democrat from Virginia. You go, girl. Congressman Dusty Johnson, Republican from South Dakota. In that order, one minute, please go. Fred. All right. I'm on the first minute. I just got to say, I can't let David Brooks go by by talking about Brooke Shields when I have a connection to Kate Upton. So I'll just take and let, let me just say a couple of things. I got my spurs with Ronald Reagan, a Republican working with a Democratic Congress. He got things done. I was one of John McCain's national chairs and I traveled the country with Joe Lieberman getting that guy uh, across And the, the Trump White House was always so mad when I parked my little car right next to the Capitol steps with my McCain bumper sticker still on the car uh, so many years later. We're going to get this job done. We got great brothers and sisters in, in our group. We're going to get it done. We're delighted about uh, Larry Hogan taking over. I love his ads too about wearing the mask here as I, as I come back to Virginia from uh, Michigan, but we're going to get it done. Thank you. 10 years. I wouldn't have run for reelection without this group. God bless you all. Thank you, Fred. Dean. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, and a heartfelt thank you to all of you No Label supporters. I, I want you to know that you're the hope and that you're the antidote, frankly, to our country's great affliction of division. So thank you. Uh, I knew I wanted to be a problem solver before I even knew what Congress was. And I mean that seriously. I was 11 years old. It was 1980. And Representative John Anderson from Illinois appeared at my school assembly one morning, running as an independent for the United States presidency. And I can't tell you exactly what he said that day, uh, but he said something that inspired me and it clicked. And 30 years later, literally, I appeared at the first No Labels event in Minneapolis. I think Nancy was there along with my friend, Nate Garvis, as a supporter. And now 
uh, 10 years later here, a member of Congress. Uh, I've had so many memorable moments with my brothers and sisters on this caucus, Democrats and Republicans, that I sincerely mean it when I say I love them. Uh, they are my colleagues, my friends, my trusted confidants. I traveled the Middle East with Brian Fitzpatrick to serve uh, uh, Christmas food to our troops. Um, Anthony Gonzalez and his wife Elizabeth are some of our dearest friends in Congress. Working with my Democratic colleagues on this call every day has been a joy. But I want to celebrate Dusty Johnson tonight. Uh, I've worked with Dusty for months now uh, as part of what we call our Tiger Team, trying to get this COVID relief bill done. I probably spent more time with him than with my wife. And uh, he has become a dear friend, uh, an extraordinary member of Congress, and somebody with whom I'm starting to appear on television with. And when I do, the number of messages I get that have nothing to do with what we talked about, but simply say what a blessing, what a joy, how inspirational to see a Democrat and Republican appearing together, being friendly and thoughtful and respectful uh, is just what the country needs. So I wanna thank you all. But I end with perhaps the most extraordinary experience. It just happened yesterday. Uh, we had a press conference at which the Senate's uh, COVID relief measures were introduced. Uh, in partnership with the Problem Solvers Caucus, I was standing next to Senator Bill Cassidy, who tapped me on the shoulder and said, asked me if I would move closer to him, which I thought was a little strange, especially during COVID times. But then he whispered in my ear, you'll be on TV that way. And when a Republican senator can do that to a freshman Democrat from Minnesota, I tell you, my friends, there is hopefulness, there is optimism, and anything is possible. So love you all, heartfelt gratitude, and cannot wait to get going in the 117. Thanks everybody. Boom, Dean, that's a drop the mic moment. Thank you very much. Brian. Thank you, happy 10th birthday. Birthdays are way more fun than anniversaries. Uh, to No Labels, who is not just our family, uh, which you all are, uh, you have given those of us who are inherently uncomfortable with partisanship and partisan ideology, a place that we can call home. And I came into this job as an FBI agent uh, at FBI headquarters. I ran uh, the political corruption unit at FBI headquarters. My job was not to work with Republicans and Democrats. My job was to arrest Republicans and Democrats. And the first meeting that I had when I came out was with Nancy Jacobson. And I was looking for a home. I said, where do I go? Uh, and I met with Nancy and she asked me my theory on governance. And I simply told her that I believe that no one party has a monopoly on good ideas and that no one party has a monopoly on good human beings. Uh, and the rest was history. And all the work that we've done over the past two years, which culminated, by the way, at the end of our first term, so many of us had come up through our task forces with bipartisan solutions on immigration, on transportation, on prison reform, on gun safety, you name it. But we couldn't get floor time. And our team, our crew, led by Tom and Josh, put together the rules change packages, uh, and we all made a commitment to each other that if the Republicans were in the majority, we would withhold our votes until we got that extraction from our speaker candidate. The Democrats made their commitment that they would withhold their votes. Whatever party was in the minority was going to vote for that rules package. As it turns out, in 2018, the Democrats won the majority. Josh and Tom Swazi and Stephanie Murphy and their crew did their job. They upheld their end of the bargain. Uh, it's a small uh, community in the House, word got out that if I voted for the rules package, a uh, committee assignment that I was seeking would be put at jeopardy. Uh, the uh, gentleman from New Jersey, Josh Godheimer, found me on the floor. He said, Fitz, you made a commitment, but you can't give up that committee assignment. That's what he asked me to do. 
uh, was looking after me. And I turned back to him and said, Josh, I made a commitment to, the, to, uh, to you uh, and to our caucus that we would vote for it. So as it turns out, uh, myself and Tom Reed, first time, by the way, in decades that we passed a bipartisan rules package, it passed the House. We voted for it. I did not get that committee assignment. I don't regret it for one second of one day because that's what our caucus is about. That's what No Labels is about. With that, I love all of you guys. No Labels, thank you for giving us a home. Thank you for being our family. We have your back, not 100%, 1,000%. I yield back. Thank you, Brian. You are the best. Abigail, go girl. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, hello to everyone. Nancy, it's so lovely to see you, to all my colleagues. Um, it's, it's nice to see you on yet another Zoom. Uh, I'm excited to be here because I believe in what we're doing. And I think that this week is, um, is such a great example of it. When Josh was talking about arguing over commas at 1.30 in the morning, I was just uh, overcome with uh, lots of feelings of guilt because as I was um, almost teetering on going to sleep last night, I got a text from him saying, you up? To which I said, yes. And then my phone instantly rings. Uh, so I hop out of bed and attempted to sound as awake as I possibly could um, because I, I was very well aware of the fact that he had been working uh, so, so hard on, on what has been a priority for us. You know, being part of, of the Tiger team, which all credit goes with Dusty, even when he doesn't want it for naming it, uh, sat that uh, or calling it, see, he makes a face. Um, you know, it, it's been incredible because we've just gone back and forth and back and forth working with our, our Senate uh, partners um, and really doing what Congress is supposed to do. And my background, uh, I love going uh, back to back with Brian Spitz Fitzpatrick, he was FBI, I was CIA. We're mission driven. The whole focus is to solve problems, ask questions, find out the answers to some of the toughest issues plaguing our country and our national security on our side. And then, you know, they run with all the information and, and, uh, and, that that mission focused is, I think, something that we can bring to problem solvers and, and do, and it's to govern. That's our mission. And we're supposed to debate and argue, uh, and we're supposed to do what's best for the country and, and for the American people. And that's why I love it. And just a brief, my first kind of most salient, I've really found the right place for me in Congress moment was during the government shutdown. Uh, it was the first or second week that we were sworn in in the 116th. And uh, I get a text from Josh saying, okay, we're meeting. I think we're meeting. The meeting started at 10.30 PM and it was in some basement hall uh, office uh, space in the basement of the Capitol. You know, and I, I don't know my way around. I can't figure out where it is. I'm meandering through hallways and I come into this big room. There's this big giant table. All of us are seated. And we just talked for the longest period of time going through what were the priorities and how were we going to get the government back open. And it was just like the moment where I felt like this is why I ran to be here and to advocate on behalf of all of the federal workers in my district. And as we got up and I'm feeling very congressional and I go to leave, Fred Upton says, I'll give you a ride home. It's really dark. Um, and it was that juxtaposition of very, you know, the, the fierce work we were doing on behalf of the American people with the very human Fred Upton saying, it, it's cold, it's dark, and your walk is close to a mile home. 
I'm driving you. And that is why, you know, this is the place where I have found my uh, congressional home. And I look forward to serving with these folks um, in problem solvers uh, until we basically bring everybody to the table and and uh, run ourselves into oblivion because suddenly problem solvers is just Congress again. So that's my hope. And that's why I'm here. Thank you, Abigail. And Dusty, bring us home in the house so I can move to the Senate quickly. Absolutely. Well, I feel uh, humbled by the very nice words that Dean said about me. And now I feel a little guilty when the Minneapolis Star Tribune called me today because they're doing a profile on him and they wanted to know what I thought. I said he was an insufferable pain in the ass, which I now regret, but uh, that's fine. Uh, my, my memory also has to do with Dean. Uh, last week, uh, Chris Cuomo and I got in a pretty big fight off air before Dean and I were to appear. And ultimately, it was decided that I wasn't going to appear on the show. Uh, Dean did appear, of course, with my blessing. And Chris Cuomo wanted to spend an inordinate amount of time on the program, live to air across the country, attacking me. Dean Phillips could have used that time uh, to uh, talk about himself. He could have used that time to run down a Republican. Uh, He could have used that time to try to ingratiate himself to Chris Cuomo. But Dean Phillips used that time to defend a Republican freshman in the minority. And as uh, my my team, my Republican team was watching this play out, one of them texted me and said, Dean Phillips is a great American, isn't he? And I said, yes, he is. He's also a great human being. And there have been a number, I'll, I'll sum up, Lisa, by saying this, there have been an inordinate number of times tonight where the members of Congress have talked about their brothers and sisters. And that seems like it would be the kind of easy, smooth, political bumper sticker talk that politicians use all the time, the honorable gentleman this, and you know the honorable lady that. But it's not just smooth political talk. The emotional bond that No Labels has helped us build with one another is exactly the kind of thing that will deliver this country from the kind of poisonous rancor that threatens American exceptionalism. So to Dean and Abigail, to Josh, Tom, to all my brothers and sisters, I do love you and America is better because of you. Thank you, Dusty, the No Labels family. It is growing and growing. So thank you so much for that. Let me move over to the Senate quickly. And Senator Collins could not be with us tonight. She had another Uh, appearance. So let me just remind everybody that her spirit is here and she has been with us for quite a long time. But Senator Bill Cassidy is here, Republican from Louisiana. He's a doctor by training and everybody reminded me he's a gastroenterologist. I was like, oh, he deals with guts. I get it. That's why he can deal with Washington. What you got, Senator? (laughs) Hey, Lisa, thank you for having me. It's nice to be able to listen to other people speak because you know what you want to highlight. First, happy birthday, no labels. And thank you for all those who've, who've really invested in making this, this organization work. I agree with the very first thing that Nancy said. I do think that our Congress is at somewhat of a crossroads. Are we, and therefore our Republic, are we going to go where we actually work together to solve problems? Or will we make it a sport of division, recalling both the words on the Sermon on the Mount and also Abraham Lincoln, a house divided will not stand. Division does not serve us. And I really like some of the things that David Brooks said. I take a little bit of an exception when people say that we're a group in the center. No, 
we're a group of people who might be in the center. We might be to the left or we might be to the right. But we may take, as David said, that radical left and that radical right solution and we marry them. The real, the real, if you will, place where we meet is a willingness to work together, to actually listen to the other person's ideas, to not vilify our demagogue and put those ideas together in a way which works for our country. That broadens the number of people who can join us, not just from moderates, but from raving lunatic liberals to crazy right-wing rebels. You can actually come together because we are united in that goal of making our country a better place. Um, and I say that because, because, because our leadership does leave, lead partisan uh, in a partisan fashion. It's almost like you can't keep two parties, two parties unless you're somewhat partisan. So I think that there's actually a function here. I think Josh used the term organic, an organic function that the rank and file have to serve if we are actually going to bring our leadership together. It's kind of a novel concept. But I think that's what we're attempting to do. Let me just quickly go over that which we just accomplished, uh, um, in which folks outside of no labels, senators outside of no labels, who nonetheless wished to get a bipartisan bill going, seeing that leadership had broken apart, was not even communicating, connected with some of us who are part of no labels, who then connected with the folks who are in the problem solvers, and as a group came together to write a bill that is now forcing leadership once more to come up with the COVID relief package. Now, I emphasize that some of those who are involved are not in no labels. Isn't that good? In a sense, it begins to spread out. There's always that kind of latent potential. But if, if what we're attempting to do here stays confined to us, that latent potential won't be fully realized. It has to actually attract others, even if only for the moment, if only for the issue, if we're actually going to be able to reform our Congress so that again, organically, leadership is being given instructions on how to work better for the American people. Um, um, I frankly don't know if this is gonna succeed, which is kind of the exciting part about it. Larry Hogan's on board, that's great. I've always said you need a little bit of an inside game and an outside game. If you have governors pounding on the door saying, this is what we need, Congress, and you have Congress increasingly unable to ignore that pounding, then you're more likely to get something done. So I think that Hogan, Governor Hogan, is gonna bring a lot to the table because ultimately, as we said during the COVID crisis, we're all in it together. And, and at the same time, what Benjamin Franklin once said, uh, you have a republic if you can keep it. What no labels is, and what all of you on the call are about, is us working together to keep our republic. And that's what I think we've seen the potential of this past week, but which we need to see the realization of next Congress and the Congress after. Happy birthday, no labels. Great job, Nancy, Margaret, Andy Bursky, Lisa, and thank you for all on the call. Thank you, Bill. We appreciate it. You were like writing a prescription right there in true doctor <laughs> form for the future. So thank you so much. Let me thank Fred, Dean, Brian, Abby, and Dusty 
along with the Senator for all the work that you were doing and that you will continue to do. And this is a perfect pivot. We are a little bit off schedule for sure, but this is worth waiting for. We are so delighted and excited to have Governor Hogan join us as a national co-chair of No Labels. He's been practicing the politics of problem solving right from the beginning. We all know he was a businessman, decided to become a public servant. We are so grateful that he did. He has led the Governor's Association during this pandemic. And oh my God, I have so enjoyed watching him on TV work in conjunction, sometimes with the feds. When they didn't work, he would give them the what for. And I love that. This is the real bad dude. So I am so excited that this guy who ran the Governor's Association had leadership demonstrated there, but also he recognizes the leadership and the work in the unifying efforts of the Problem Solvers Caucus. And we look to him to broaden the tent even more, being our newest ambassador to get us to an even better place. Governor, over to you. Well, thank you very much, Lisa. Thanks for uh, calling me a real bad dude. I appreciate that introduction. Uh, thank you for all that you've done for No Labels. Uh, I want to, as everyone else has said, I just want to thank Nancy Jacobson and uh, all the Noble Label staff for all of your hard work and dedication. I think you really are making a difference every day. And I want to thank the thousands of uh, No Label supporters who are really the heart and soul of this organization. It's, uh, it's truly a privilege to uh, be able to join with Senator Lieber Lieberman and all the great uh, leaders in Congress that we heard from earlier tonight. Uh, I, I really do believe that all of you represent the very best of our politics. And I'm truly honored and humbled uh, to accept the role of national co-chair of the organization. I'm, I'm grateful uh, for all the leaders, supporters, the contributors and activists who've been putting their blood, sweat and tears into building no labels into what it is today. In just 10 years, you really have uh, built this into a force to be reckoned with. And uh, No Labels and uh, Problem Solvers Caucus are, in my opinion, a rare beacon of light in our national politics. Now, during this awful pandemic, uh, No Labels and the Problem Solvers Caucus, as we've heard about tonight, they really have stepped up uh, when the country has desperately needed leadership. And if it wasn't for your efforts, uh, this forced stimulus bill would be dead in the water. And uh, you've been forcing both sides back to the negotiating table. And I think while much of the rest of Washington was uh, too focused on partisan politics, the Problem Solvers Caucus was leading and searching for bipartisan common sense solutions. You know, as a governor on the front lines, uh, I can tell you how critically important that is for our country. And at a time of historic partisanship, you've been pushing back against the onslaught of divisiveness and dysfunction. And you've been showing the country that there is a better way. Uh, you've shown that we can debate and reason together honestly and productively with integrity and sincere purpose. You have shown that we can debate without acrimony, negotiate without hidden agendas and compromise without just playing to the base. And you have shown that we don't have to abandon the political parties we belong to or compromise our principles to seek out bipartisan common sense solutions that work for all Americans. I really believe that uh, never before has there been a greater need for no labels and the Problem Solvers Caucus. 
I don't believe that there's ever been a time where there was so much hunger for the mission and the message of no labels. You know, I, I refuse to believe that the anger and the divisiveness that we see today is a true reflection of America. I think the, the overwhelming majority of the American people are not as divided as our politics suggest. Uh, the problem is not the American people. The problem is that so many politicians believe that the only way to get elected is to feed the extremes and the only way to govern is through winner-take-all combat. And while social media, cable news, and talk radio are dominated by the extremes, these voices only represent a tiny sliver of Americans on the far left or the far right. But over 70% of the American people belong to what has been dubbed the exhausted majority. People who are simply fed up with that kind of politics and who feel ignored by Washington and sometimes forgotten by both political parties. Now, ultimately, the overwhelming majority of Americans want the same things. They want humble, tolerant, ref respectful, and effective leaders who are willing to work across the aisle together to find those common sense solutions. They want us to appreciate that no one of us has all the answers or all the power. And they want a free and open discourse that tolerates contrary views among a diverse citizenry without turning political adversaries into enemies or doubting their patriotism. And they want a government that protects the vulnerable but doesn't dictate how we live our lives. They want a strong America that stands for its allies, for freedom and human dignity in the world, but that doesn't take for granted the sacrifices required for it. They want to be able to stand with their neighbors and feel proud of their country. And I believe that we must convince that majority that this type of America isn't just a relic of a bygone era, but that it is an ideal that we can aspire to reach for once again. In Maryland, we've already proven uh, that voters will reward you when you actually fo focus on solving the problems that you were sent there to solve. In this past election, as was mentioned earlier, you know, the American people made it clear that they don't want to give unchecked power to either party in Washington, and they voted to narrow the majorities in both the Senate and the House. This means that we have an unprecedented opportunity to assert leverage and demand results from Washington. Our nation's economy is in shatters, our infrastructure is crumbling, the cost of health care is out of control, and the faith of the American people in our institutions is at historic lows. But No Labels has been working for a decade to reorient the nation's politics towards bipartisan problem solving. And I truly believe that after a decade of hard work, that this organization was literally made for this moment in time. Now is the time to start going on offense. It's the time to demand that Congress work together to get things done, starting with the urgent COVID-19 relief package that the Problem Solvers Caucus has been working so hard to pass. No labels and the Problem Solvers Caucus must be front and center in shaping the national conversation. I applaud all that all of you have been doing, and I'm very excited to have the opportunity to join you in this important mission. I want to partner with you in pushing our federal leaders to break the gridlock. And it's time to engage more state leaders in this effort. 
And I want to act as a bridge between problem solvers on the federal and state levels. America's governors can't afford to ignore problems and neither should Congress. And most importantly, I want to encourage more Americans to see the role that they can play in helping to solve the urgent challenges of our time, because we truly are all in this together. I want to thank you once again for this opportunity to serve. I want to say happy anniversary to No Labels, and I can't wait to see uh, what the next 10 years is going to accomplish. Thank you guys very, very much. Thank you so much, Governor. We are absolutely thrilled to have you join this No Labels family. Let me just thank all the elected officials who are on this call and those have, who have formerly served as well. All of our speakers, David Brooks, thank you so much for being here 10 years. Uh, you have come full circle. Uh, this is a special moment in our country's lifetime. We've had the privilege of listening to those who are working tirelessly in Washington in the Problem Solvers Caucus to make the government actually work for the people, putting people before party. That's what this is all about. I've worked in all three sectors, public, private, and nonprofit. Whether I was working at Coke or leading the WNBA or serving as vice mayor of my home city, all of those are temporary labels. Every day, I was an American. I was, I am, and always will be, like all of us. And so I would invite you to share the message of No Labels. When we finish this call, in your inboxes, there will be a link to the video that you saw at the top of the call. Won't you forward that to at least 10 of your friends? We could grow this movement tenfold with just the action that you take tonight. So I'm going to invite you to do that. I'm going to engage you, in, implore you actually, to do that tonight. Let's do our part to help these elected officials. Let's help build this movement. We are grateful to you, Nancy Jacobson, for planting the seed and have it grow. We couldn't carry the light of no labels had you not planted that seed and watered it and created this movement and this moment in which we find ourselves. Let me just echo the sentiments of all of our speakers. Our time is now. I wish I could say we didn't exist because we had worked ourselves out of the problem and there was no need for no labels. Unfortunately, no labels is needed more than ever now. So please, when you get the link, forward it. Thanks to everyone for being on tonight. Thanks to the staff for putting this all together. It's a lot of work. It doesn't go without being noticed. Thanks to all you, we are in a pandemic. Please, everyone, wear your mask, wash your hands, socially distance, and please have a happy, safe, and enjoyable holiday season. Good night to you all. God bless and God bless America.